You're listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. If you have a Bible with you, you may want to open, get ready to open it up. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay, because I'm going to be putting the words on the screen, and you can follow along with me. Um, we have a new series of messages starting tonight, and it's called Full of It. Everybody say, Full of It. And turn to the person next to you and say, you're full of it. Uh, Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, I don't know. The question is, what is it and what are you full of? What what do I have? Are you full of it or are you not full of it? And I know some of you think, oh no, I know he's full of it. I've been hanging out with him for a while. I need to clarify. Let me clarify a little bit here. This, This is more than just a simple series of messages. This is more than just a sermon, okay? a nice talk, a teaching. This is actually, over the next few weeks, this is actually revelation truth from God's Word. And the thing about revelation truth is it opens up our minds and our spirits to truth that when we begin to put it in practice into our life, things change, things improve. And I've seen this happen to dozens of men and women, boys and girls, when they begin to put these practices and principles into place. In just a shoe, uh, a shoe, in just a small shoe, no, in just a few short verses, I'm going to show you, in just a few short verses, I'm going to show you God's will, God's will, because I've had people say, well, what is God's will for my life? Well, I'm going to show you in just a few verses, God's will. And I'm going to show you a key to unlocking peace, joy, and confidence in your life. A key. Now, how many of you guys have ever lost, lost a key before? Raise your hand if you lost a key. How many of you have ever locked a key someplace that you uh, were going, hey, my goodness, I wish I hadn't locked that key in that place. Yeah, I, I've done that before. A key is something you use, right, to unlock or to access something that you want or need or is important, right? You, you use a key to unlock your car door. Maybe you lock your car door. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's a junker and you don't care. Maybe it's a little rat rod and you go, I don't care. But we use a key to get it and you use a key to start a car, right? To get where you want to go. Keys are important, but they're only good if you use them. God gives us keys in the Bible, but it's up to us to take a hold of that key and to use it. I've seen too many Christians going, man, I just don't know why this is happening in my life. Well, are you putting God's practices and principles into place? Well, yeah, I'm trying. Really? Are you you doing it? Well, you know, not really. Not really. Key is only good if you use it. And if you've lost a key before, then you know what it's like to be frustrated going, man, I wish I had that key. Matter of fact, I've got my wife's key here. This is a... This is one of these cool, modern, high-tech uh, keys, right? The, the, the electronic kind of key. You don't need to put it in. It just, it just works when you get close to the vehicle. My wife has a little beetle. And um, we're a four-driver family with three cars. And so oftentimes, I take my wife's be- little beetle. And I look really cute driving it around. <laughs> I drop the top. It's a little yellow beetle. And I just look so cute. Yeah. Well, this one particular day, um, I have the, the, the key in my pocket, and you know, you walk up to the car, and you reach in, and it opens up. Oh, cool. And you sit down, you push the button, and it starts. And I love the convenience of these kinds of modern keys. 
Well, this one particular day, uh, I put it in my jacket and I got in the car and I drove to the store and I got out and it was kind of warm. So I took my jacket off, not thinking, right? And I opened up the trunk and I threw my jacket in the trunk and I closed the trunk and I heard the beep, beep means the car's locked. And I'm like, cool. And so I walk in the store and I go shopping and I got the ice cream, I got the milk, I got the orange juice, I got the frozen vegetables, all these kinds of things. And I come back outside and I go to open the door. Why won't it open? I try to go open the trunk. It won't open because I don't have the key. The key is locked inside the trunk. And their feature is the car is safe and secure. And it will not open unless the key is on the outside within proximity. And I'm feeling around going, oh, no, I don't have the key. It's in the trunk. And I tried everything. I, I tried to shake the car, thinking if the key moved, it might unlock. It didn't do it. Well, I'm thinking to myself, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, I know I'll call Leah. Wait a minute. Leah is in Northern California. She just got on a plane that morning, and the extra key is in her purse, where she keeps it all the time. So now I'm stuck at the store. The ice cream is starting to melt. Thankfully, I had my cell phone with me, so I called AAA, right? Call AAA. They come out there. They open the door. And so the door opens. I'm like, sweet, I got into my car. How can I start my car? because I still need the key. It still needs to be in the cabin to start the car. It would not start. And the guy's like, well, I don't know how to get into the trunk. You're going to have to go to the dealership. Well, I can't drive to the dealership because I can't start my car. He goes, do you have an extra key? Yes, it's in Northern California. So I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess I could go to the dealer and buy a new key. Do you know how much these things are? There, I found out that day, they're like $250 for this key. At least, if you own a more expensive car, like an Alexis, a BMW, whatever, it can go up to $500 on up. How much, Sean? $400. He works at Infinity. He knows. Well, the story does end nicely. Because I finally call Leah on the phone. I was afraid to call her on the phone. All the stuff has now de uh, defrosted. I said, hey, Leah. She goes, hi, how are you? I go, well, I'm locked out of the car. And I tell her the whole story. She goes, you know what? Before I left this morning, I don't know why, but I took the key out of my purse. True story. She goes, it's sitting on the counter at the house. Thank you, God. I don't have to spend $250, take an Uber over to the dealership and try to figure all this out. I ended up just getting the extra key and getting into that. I, this never leaves my pocket now. It stays in my pocket. I have learned the importance of having a hold of the key and using the key the way it's supposed to be used. I've learned all about this key. I know how to use this key very, very well. God's principles are the same way. It's the same way. That's why we get into the Bible, not because it's just our religious duty, because we want to get a hold of the keys that God has given us and begin to use them. You see, Jesus Christ came. The Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. Some theologians have interpreted that as life, eternal life, and abundant life right here on earth. Life and life abundantly. And so the way we live the life abundantly is taking the principles of God and begin to use them. 
and put them into practice every day. If you're struggling with stuff, my question is, are you getting into the Word and are you putting these keys into practice? Or are you going around life going, I know I should have a key. I just don't know where to get it. I just don't know how to use it. Tonight, we're going to look at a key. And over the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to use this key. And I promise you, I couldn't be more emphatically passionate about this. If you'll begin to practice this, your life will begin to improve. This is not some sales pitch. This is not some infomercial saying, buy this pill, pay this $20, and your life will be better. No, this is an eternal principle that God established way back at the beginning of time for you and I. And it's all about being full of it. Full of it. I guarantee you, in the next few weeks, you're going to be walking around going, yeah, I'm full of it. Your friends are going to go, what? I'm full of it. You want to know what I'm full of? Well, let me me show you what you can be full of. It's very simple. Take a look at this first passage of Scripture. It's one of our theme verses. It's done in 1 Thessalonians. Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. Chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. I'm going to ask everybody in the room, if we can read this together, we're going to charge the atmosphere with this principle of God's Word. Ready? Begin. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. Check that out. We see God's will. So many times people go, what is God's will for my life? What is God's will for my life? Well, the Bible says right there what God's will is. Always be joyful. I love those absolute words. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be, everybody say the word, thankful in how many circumstances? The good ones and the bad ones. The tough ones and the fun ones. How can we be thankful in the tough ones? That's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Because it is possible to be thankful even in the midst of challenges. And we're going to look and see how that is. Here's the second one. It's along the same line. It was uh, Paul writing to the church in Philippi. It's the same theme. It's that important that Paul said, I'm going to say it again. Take a look at Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. I'll go ahead and read this one to you. You just follow along with me quietly. Be anxious for nothing. That word is, another word is worry. Be anxious for nothing. I love that. Be anxious for no thing. That's what nothing is. Be anxious for no thing. All right, But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, and I'm not talking about the holiday in November, with thanksgiving in your heart, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you see the key? Do you see the key? Those are just two of the many verses in Scripture, and I'm going to be showing you over the next few weeks. Those are just two, and the key is very obvious. The key is being full of thanks. Being full of thanks. Being full of thanks. Another way we say that is being thankful, right? T-H-A-N-K-F-U-L, thankful. But what that really means is being full of thanks. Are you full of it? That's the question. Are you full of it? This theme of being thankful is seen throughout the entire Bible. 
God is constantly looking for his people to be thankful. And when they whine, when they complain, when they're bitter, when they're disagreeable, God says, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? Why aren't you thankful? And I'll tell you why he wants us to be thankful. Because of this. Because, and this is tweetable. It's the prelude to seeing God's power in your life. Did you hear that? Being thankful is the prelude. It's the beginning. It's the entry point to seeing God's power in your life. It is. If you're tweeting that right now, awesome. I'm at Kelly Fellows. <laughs> in the New Old Testament, we see men and women, prophets and, and non-prophets, when they come to God with a thankful heart, they begin to experience supernatural miracles, deliverances, healings, supernatural things take place. And the prelude, the beginning, was being thankful. Even in the New Testament, we see that all throughout the New Testament. And I'm going to be highlighting that in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about stories and, 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 and looking at all these great men and women who started with a thankful heart. Matter of fact, even Jesus Christ himself demonstrates the power and the principle of a thank-filled heart. When he was faced with a problem, even Jesus shows us how we should do it. Jesus was faced with a problem one day. It's found in the Gospel of John chapter 6. And I'm going to show you that scripture in just a second. Here he is. He's faced with this problem. And if, if you're a boss or you've ever been a supervisor, uh, you can kind of understand maybe what, what Jesus was feeling. Hold on with that verse before we get there. Don't read that verse yet. Close your eyes. There you go. Don't want to steal my thunder. Jesus is faced with a problem. Jesus is the boss of the situation, and his followers are his disciples. And the disciples come running to Jesus there in John chapter 6, and they say to Jesus, Hey, Jesus, we got 5,000 men out here, and women. Uh, there's, there's some women too, and there's some children. So there's roughly 10 to 15,000 people out there. And the disciples say, You know, there's no food around here. So send them away. There's no Taco Bell. There's no In-N-Out right on the corner. Send them away. Jesus, being the CEO of the, the situation, looks around and goes, well, what do we have? What do we have? And one of the apostles comes, well, we got, some, we got some small loaves and some fish, like sardines. Somebody's lunch. But it won't go very far, not with, with five plus thousand people there. And look back now at this verse. Jesus doesn't get all worried. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do here? How are we going to feed all these people? They're going to be disappointed. They're never going to come back again. They're going to want their money back on their tickets. I mean, what? He doesn't start to freak out and get all anxious and worried. Look what he does. Take a look at John chapter 6, verse 11. It says, then Jesus took the loaves. And what did he do? What did he do? He gave thanks which is crazy. He's taking just a few small loaves and some fish and he's thanking God for that. That doesn't seem right. Most people say, no, no, I'm going to thank God after I win the lottery. That's when I'll thank God. I'll thank God after I get the job. I'll thank God after I get the bonus. But see, Jesus begins to show us, no, no, thankful heart is the prelude to seeing God's power move in your life. So he says, so it says, Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks to God. 
and he distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate, how much? As much as they wanted. All 5,000 plus people ate all that they wanted. God's power moved in a miraculous way, and the prelude was a thank-filled heart. See, God has a better way than worrying. God has a better way than fretting. Being thankful demonstrates my trust and my confidence and my faith in God. That's why it's so important. Because thankful heart is the demonstration of a faith-filled heart. It is. And a thankful heart, take a look at this, a thankful heart unlocks God's power in our lives so that you can combat depression, so that you can quiet the voice of fear, and so that you can experience real joy. That's what a thankful heart does. It unlocks God's power to combat depression, to quiet the voice of fear, and to experience real joy. It's true. That's why this series is so important. That's why I want to encourage you, don't miss a Saturday night. Because we're going to begin to exercise. We're going to be able to take out this key of Thanksgiving and begin to use it. And watch, watch. I guarantee things will begin to change in your life. If you struggle with depression, it's going to begin to start to go down. If you're struggling with anxiety, it's going to begin to go down. If you're struggling with fear, it's going to begin to go down. As that thankfulness fills up, it begins to push out the fear. It begins to push out the discouragement. It begins to push out the lack of confidence. And it replaces it with what the Bible says, peace, joy, confidence. That's a key that's worth using. Don't you agree? Yes. Why is this so important? Because I can tell you, too many men and women are laying in bed at night, flopping this way, flopping that way, flopping on their face, flopping on their back, worrying, getting up, walking, getting a glass of water. Yeah, what am I going to do? Fear is gripping their hearts and minds. And God's promise is, uh, Ken, if we can jump back to the Philippian scripture, take a look at verse 7, the very end. Here's what happens. When you begin to do that, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, doesn't make sense, will guard your heart and mind. It doesn't mean the attacks are going to stop, but your mind will be guarded. Your heart will be protected. And that's what we need. In the middle of the night when you're wrestling with fear and doubt, God says, I want to guard it. I want, I've given you the key to unlock the protection. Start using it. Start putting it into practice every single day. If you want to unlock that peace and joy that God has given you, then take a hold of the key and begin to be thank-filled. Get full of it. Get full of it. Come on. It's simple. It really is simple. Right now, it's very easy. What do you have to be thankful for? What can you be thankful for? And if you're struggling with that, that means that you're not full of it. 
And you need to begin to fill up that tank of thankfulness. In a couple weeks, I'm going to show you a little video from a guy named Kid President. And he goes into a list of things that he's thankful for. Simple things like air. You can imagine if you've ever seen Kid President going, I'm thankful for air. (laughs) Thankful for air. And as you begin to say, oh, this is what I'm thankful for, it begins to perpetuate and you begin to get more and more thankful and your heart begins to fill up. It's simple. Doesn't mean it's easy. Okay, I don't want you to beat yourself up. It is simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. James, why don't you come on up here, bro? It requires action. You can't just passively sit back and go, yeah, I'll be thankful when it happens. God says, no, no, no. Be thankful. I'm going to show you in the next few weeks. When we're thankful, we begin to see miracles take place. And I want to encourage you guys. Call a friend. Call a family member. Invite them to be here. Because this is, I'm not talking about building the church number-wise. There are men and women, there are young teenagers, there are young adults that need this. You know it. Matter of fact, right now you might be thinking, oh, she needs to hear this. Because thankfulness would begin to, to unlock God's power and see transformation takes place. And refinery is a place where transformation happens. That's why this is important. And that's why we're doing this. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.